Thank you, Lynn. Thank you very much. Good morning, everybody. I pray you are well um, and that you've had a, a blessed time together over this um, festive season and, and Christmas time. Um, I'm, I, I feel privileged just to be able to share with you uh, this morning um, just what I, I, I feel the Lord has um, laid on my heart. Um, uh, it, it has a, a dual purpose. One, I pray that it will encourage us. Um, it will encourage us over um, the year to come um, and, and really provoke us into thinking regarding our situations and where we are um, in our lives at the present moment um, during this pandemic and, and during this, this um, challenging season. Um, difficult season for many of us um, but also you know there are aspects where God is really drawing um, really bringing us together and really helping us to to understand who he is and and what he is um, I am going to pray again um, and I just while I was preparing this and and, and while I was uh, thinking through in the week um, a song has really been playing on my heart um, and and I've, I've really been listening. It's, it's an old song, uh, well, oldish. It's not like a, <clears throat> a hymn or anything, um, but it's a, an old song. I think it's by um, Paul Bella, Bellalucci, I think his name is. Um, it's called Open the Eyes of My Heart. I want us to play, I'm, I'm going to play it, um, and then um, I want us just to take time, okay? I want us to, to be in this moment um, and just reflect and ask the Lord just to speak to you where you are. While this song is playing, um, it's, it's not massively long, it's, it's, it's a few minutes, but I want you just to, to, if you can, just close your eyes. I want you to be in the moment, listen to the words, hear the words. If you want to sing to it, that's fine. But I want you just to ask the Lord in his way and in the way that you understand and receive him, to just open your eyes, give you revelation, speak to you concerning the word that he's going to bring today. So wherever you are, just posture yourself. Um, posturing is a deliberate act enabling you to receive what God wants to bring to you this morning. Okay, so just as we listen to this song, I pray that you will be blessed. Um, and that you will receive from the Lord.
Amen. Amen. I pray that blessed you. And, um, you know, when we're together, um, we would usually just sing together and just worship the Lord. And, I, you know, I just really felt as I was preparing that the Lord wants to open our eyes and wants to share with us this morning just some of his mysteries and some of his words. I'm just going to pray and agree with me as I pray this morning. Father, we thank you for your word your word that brings life, your word that is life. And Father, even in the midst of the challenges and the storms that we face, we know you are there, but sometimes it's difficult to navigate these things. So Father, open our eyes, give us the revelation of your word for our lives. Lord, you are everywhere and you are with us, Lord, even as I'm here in my home and everybody is in there, Lord, you are with us in each home. That's how awesome and great you are. And Father, I pray a blessing over everyone right now as I speak your word. Lord, speak through me. Pray that your words, that you, oh God, through your Holy Spirit, deliver to your people, will connect to the very core and bone of every person in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. As I've been reflecting and, and preparing this word, there's a, a couple of questions that the Lord really asked me um, in preparing and, and I want to share with you. And um, so the first question is, what have you learned in this season and time of being apart, of being separated, of being quarantined? What have you learned in this season and time of being apart, being separated and being quarantined? And the second question that I believe the Lord is asking us this morning is, what has God been saying to you over this period? What has God been saying to you over this period? And the scriptures, they're not the, the, the most likely scriptures, but the scriptures that he gave me, um, this morning, there are two scriptures that I want to kind of speak from. The first one is First Kings chapter 17. Um, and it's the story of Elijah. It's the story, um, it's, it's actually the beginning of Elijah's ministry. And what God did was he, he separated him. After giving him a word and after, after um, um, putting him in a position where he spoke a drought into being. Uh, he spoke um, a, a, a situation and circumstance which would affect the whole of the land. He spoke that word into being and then God separated him. I'm going to read um, verse 17, chapter, first Kings chapter one, um, first Kings chapter 17 and um, first one to seven. And it says, and Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, except at my word. Then the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, 
and I have commanded ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. The chapter goes on to talk about how God then moved Elijah from that position, from that situation, from that issue back into the land. And he goes and he he shows himself great in the eyes of Elijah through a couple of tests. He goes and meets the widow and the widow um, and, and, and God allows him to perform a miracle and speak into existence, plentifulness um, in terms of the riches of God. But in, it was in the, in, the, in the form of bread and oil for this woman. And then also the woman's child dies while Elijah is staying with them. Can you imagine that? The prophet of God comes to your home. You see a miracle of God. And then in the midst of that, the child dies. You know, and even Elijah at that point said, Lord, what, what's going on? You've brought me here. Why have you allowed this to happen? And he, according to what he knows, and the revelation that God gives him brings this child back to life through God and the Holy Spirit. And again, we see the aspects of God's plentifulness in the midst of a storm and challenging situation. And the second scripture is Mark chapter four. Now this, you can find this story in, 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 in Matthew, Mark, Luke, um, um, uh, in the three um, in the first three books of the Bible. And it is the story or, or the, the, the aspects when Jesus calms the sea. Um, I'm going to read it. It's Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. And it says this. On the same day, at that time, Jesus had just finished preaching um, in, 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 on the land. And, and he had been teaching and, and he had done many miracles and and given many um, um, parables. And then it said, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow and they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind 
and the sea obey him. We have two really great scriptures, um, one and um, both happening in the midst of challenge and storm, in the midst of things that um, are unnatural, but God has formed. Two things that God is present in. And one of the things that when I was asking myself the questions, what have I learned in this season and time of being apart and being in quarantine in this time of um, uh, a pandemic, not only in this country, but worldwide, you know, it's trying to understand what God has been doing. And you know what I've realized is that in this separating, in this time, in the times that I've spent with God, in the time that I've spent with my family, God has begun or God has been, been building character through these challenges and through these storms. And when we look at these stories, you know, it highlights the need for us to be separated sometimes. Separated in the midst of storms, in the midst of challenge, when we're going through things, no matter what it is, whether it's sickness, whether it's illness, whether it's through financial challenges, God often calls us to separate ourselves. God gave Elijah a word, a prophecy that he gave. And then after he gave that prophecy, he told Elijah to move, remove himself from that situation. Why did God tell Elijah that? God told Elijah to remove himself in order to build character in Elijah, in order to let Elijah know that it was the God of gods and the King of kings and the Lord of lords who was going to perform this. This was not about Elijah. It was nothing to do with him. It was about what God wanted to do in this situation and how God was going to use Elijah to show himself strong. Whilst Elijah was away, God provided for him. While everybody was having famine in the land, Elijah was drinking, Elijah was eating, Elijah was satisfied and full. Elijah was receiving and understanding the goodness of God in the midst of this challenge. Now, when I looked at the scripture and I, and I looked and I, I, I thought to myself and, you know, um, even some of the commentaries talk about why ravens? Of all birds, you know, when we think about ravens, uh, it always kind of takes me to the to the um, uh, uh, um, to the to the where the crown jewels are, Tower of London, where there was all horrible things that happened. Ravens are in horror films. I mean, I hate horror films anyway, but you know, when you think about ravens, these birds are the birds that pick out the eyes of of corpses. They're scavengers. You know, they're, they're ravenous. They, they, they don't stop eating. They, they steal and eat anything. Why would God use such birds? But God wanted to show Elijah something. God wanted to use and show his strength and his grace. And he used these birds, these birds to bring food, bread, these birds were not usually, I mean, they would fight, they would, 
fight each other. They would fly mid-flight and steal the food out of other birds' mouths. That's the type of birds these were. These are not birds that are ordinary. These birds will feast on the carcasses of dead birds. But God used them. And he had a, 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 he had a purpose. He wanted to show his strength. He wanted to show himself strong to Elijah. You know, when Noah sent out the birds from the ark, he sent out the ravens. And what happened? They didn't even come back. Those ra I all, I've always wondered what happened to those birds. The only birds that came back were the doves. If you remember the story well, ravens look after themselves. But God, in the midst of challenge, will use any resource, anything to show himself strong. He will use the most unlikely thing to show his self strong. When we look at the scripture in Mark, chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. After, you know, after being in church, effectively, after hearing God preach, after hearing Jesus preach on the banks, the disciples got into the boat. Jesus knew very well what was happening. Jesus was God. He was man, but he was God, and he knew what was happening. And he allowed them to cast off from the shore in the boat and into the sea. And the sea stirred and the storm came. And what did this do to the, to the disciples? It helped them to build character. It helped them to understand who Jesus was. How? Listen, when the enemy tries to discourage you, sends you storms, sends you things that you do not understand. You've got to remember who you're with. You've got to remember who you're with. Fear is not of God. God does not give us a spirit of fear. That experience enabled them to reach out to God, to reach out to Jesus. Sometimes we, as individuals, need to separate ourselves in the midst of challenge. In this pandemic, the government have called us to separate from each other. We can't even come together in terms of church. But what are we doing in this period? How are our characters being built in terms of the kingdom, in terms of what God wants us to do, in terms of seeking him and understanding him? Many of us have done great things, great achievements through this time. But what does that mean in the eyes and in the sight of God? Number two, if we do not set ourselves apart, we will miss what God wants to build in us in any given circumstances. If we don't separate ourselves, if we don't pull ourselves apart when these storms come, if we don't pray, if we don't seek God, if we don't know how to become the called out ones, 
we will miss what God has for us in this storm. By Elijah listening to what God had told him, he got provision. He built confidence in that journey, in that time away. He saw the very goodness of God and what God would be able to do. As the disciples rode that storm with Jesus, they gained confidence. They gained reliance. They built fear. And they understood what it was to fear God. Storms in our lives come to, to highlight, to refresh our mind of the promises and the covenant that God has set between us. And, you know, covenant is a, is a, a really old word, but it, it's a really, a really poignant word. You know, when God formed a covenant and when in the olden days, when people formed covenants together, they would sacrifice an, an, an animal. They will take this animal and they will cut it and split it. They would separate it and, and lay it out on the floor. And what they would do, the person who was making or the people making that covenant would walk through that animal, that cut up animal. And in that, they were saying this, that if I break the promise that I have with you, may this, what's happened to this animal, happen to me. When you took out a covenant, when you took out an oath like that, it was detrimental. It meant that you were going to stick to it no matter what, because the consequences of it were dire if you broke it. You know, when God separated Abraham and, and, and made a promise and a covenant with Abraham and Abraham went and he fell asleep and he saw the multitudes of stars. The Bible talks about how God walked through the sacrifice while Abraham was asleep. God met with Abraham. That's what God wants to do with you. When you separate in the midst of challenge, when you separate and you seek him, in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of a storm, in the midst of challenge, he will walk with you. He will, he will make a covenant with you that will, he will never break. When God has promised, he will never fail to turn up, especially when we are separating ourselves unto him. He will provide for you when you are... Um, deliberately separating yourself to separate yourself is a deliberate act it's a it's a conscious deliberate thing in ephesians chapter 3 it shows us what god does and how god moves within us it says now to him who is able to exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church by christ jesus to all generations forever and ever amen when we separate we see the promises of god as outlined in ephesians chapter 20 
to him who is exceed is able to exceedingly abundantly and above all god will provide for you in the midst of your challenge in the midst of your circumstance when we are separated from the world and focused on communicating with god we realize he is in the boat with us listen the disciples cast off from one side to get to another in between that time a storm came and this storm must have been serious because these guys were scared these guys were frightened they were going to die that was going through their mind but they forgot one thing that they had the master in the boat that jesus was with them and it wasn't till that the, they, they thought that they were going to die that they remembered and what did they do they woke him up and they woke him up and they asked him a question let me just find it again mark chapter 4 but jesus was in the stern asleep on the pillow hmm. can you imagine a storm is coming, you're thinking you're about to die. And that the, the, the master was there with you and he was doing nothing. In fact, not only was he doing nothing, he was asleep. I know many of us will be thinking, right, Charlie, come on, Jesus, wake up, we're about to die. Can't you do something? What's going on? How can you sleep at a time like this? Sometimes the storm or the, the distraction of the, the storm moves our mind away from the fact that we have the author and the finisher of all things in the boat with us. That the journey that we're taking and the covenant that God has set before us is already completed. We go around saying it is finished. You know, I'm the head, not the tail. You know, I'm a winner, I'm not a loser. You know, we, we say all these things. I have the victory, it's already won. But when storms come, it distracts us from that very essence that we have already won, that the victory is ours. We get so distracted by the enemy through fear that we forget that we are already winners in Christ. Why? Because he is with us. And that every storm that we go through, he is riding that storm with us. He's in the midst of the storm with us. He's there when you're struggling. He's there when you're feeling challenged. He's there when you're hopeless and when you think there is no way out. He's riding that storm with us. How amazing is that? In fact, he's asleep with us in the storm. Meanwhile, we're running around like headless chickens, frantic, in fear, not understanding, forgetting the very purpose, forgetting the very thing that can save us. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The one who commands the sea and the wind. They woke him up and they said to him, teacher, Jesus, 
Don't you care that we're going to die? Don't you care that we're perishing in this storm? You're sleeping, man. Wake up. Jesus got up. Jesus got up and he rebuked the wind. And he said to the sea, calm, be still. And in the command of his word, the wind and the sea became calm. Then he turned to them. And this is the character building bit. Because you know what? Even when they woke him up, the fear was still there. This is the character bit. When we are going through situations, when we are going through storms, we've got to understand how we communicate with the Lord. And what grace and strength that he's bestowed onto us. And what power he has given us. He said to them this. Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? How is it that you don't know that I'm here in the boat with you? That I've said to you, let's go from one side to the um, lake to the other side. You see, the disciples missed the point. Jesus had already given them the victory. Because he was with them, because he's with you, because he's walking with you, because he's with you 2020, you're leaving the shores of 2020 into 2021 and you will get there. No matter your circumstance, no matter your situation, no matter the things that are rocking you right now, because Jesus is with you, because he's walking with you, you will make it to the other side. He said to them at the beginning in verse 35, let us cross over to the other side. He guaranteed them safe passage. But you see, the enemy comes not but to kill, to steal, and to, de to destroy. He breathes fear into us. And sometimes we forget in the midst of the waves crashing over us, in the midst of the sea tossing us from side to side, the fact that Jesus is with us in our hearts and that he's the he's the author and the finisher of our faith he's the one that guarantees our passage how we communicate when we're separated from the lord is key if we forget that he's there with us if we forget that he walks with us if we become hopeless, and it can happen because that's the enemy. The enemy wants us to be helpless and hopeless. Jesus is with us. Jesus is with you right now, wherever you are, whatever your circumstance, whatever you are going through, Jesus wants you to know he is with you in the boat, in the storm right now. And he's going to see you through this year and the next year, and the year after that. As long as you walk with him, as long as you walk with him, Jesus wants to build your character. Spend time, separate yourself. Quarantine yourself from the world. He calls us to be aliens, separated from the world. I want to move on quickly because of time. When we understand 
the God we have and the power he promises and the lives in, uh, and lives in the storm. The issues of the storm will fade. It will fade into its insignificance. Now, how do we know that the storm for the disciples became insignificant? It says it here. Verse 41 is very, very significant. It says this, and they feared exceedingly. Now, remember, the disciples were scared in the first place. Why? Because they were going to die. The sea and the wind and the storms were battering them from right to left, from left to right. They were scared they were going to die. And that fear, that fear of the enemy caused them to seek God, to wake up Jesus. They forgot that they were already saved. But when Jesus woke and calmed the sea, they feared even more. The fear that they had was even more than when they were in the storm. They said, and they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Another version of the Bible says, what manner of man is this? What manner of man is this? Wow. Jesus is the only one we should fear. The fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. That's the only fear we should have. And when we have the fear of the Lord, when we understand why we should fear God, every storm, every battle, everything that you're going through pales in, in insignificance. Because the King of Kings and Lord of Lords is greater greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world greater is he that is that is in me than he that it that is in the world god speaks to the situation when we wake him up or bring the situation to him the first thing he does it speaks into your situation. Separate yourself into this new year and allow God to speak into your situation. I declare it right now that God will speak into your situation, that God will speak into your circumstance, that the circumstance and situation will pale into insignificance because you have the master in the boat and he will sail with you from 2020 into 2021 and beyond and that everything that he has promised you and the covenant that he has built with you he will never fail he will never fail to show up he will never fail to move for you specifically or for your situation i pray that you're blessed with this word i've condensed it a little bit there was so much more to say but you know what I believe that God is speaking to you and I pray right now that God will touch your heart and bring you to a place of significance and understanding and character building in this time 
Let us not be quibbed by what the government are doing. But as they are calling to separate in terms of destruction and fear, may we separate ourselves in the knowledge and the understanding and in the fear of the Lord that we will move to a place of glory, understanding and confidence in the God of our salvation. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Um, I'm going to hand over to Lynette.